Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. I believe what we're going to talk about today, I hope, will encourage uh, the fathers that are out there. Uh, I also believe there's a lot of biblical principles in what we'll talk about this morning, that even if you're not a dad, you're going to find something that you can grab hold of and something you can apply to your life. And so I encourage you to do so. Uh, But this morning, I hope to encourage you. Uh, The title of the message today is, uh, What Makes a Great Father? What Makes a Great Father? Now, if you ask me... Uh, I think my dad was a great father. Now, he's with the Lord today, but I'm grateful for him. Was he perfect? No, he wasn't perfect. But I, I thank the Lord for him. And maybe you can think the same of your father today and praise God for that. Um, we're going to talk about a man who we don't normally associate with being a dad or a father, Caleb, but he was. And we find a little bit here, I think, that we can not only grab hold of, but we can find something we can be encouraged by. And so we're going to go back uh, here in a minute to give you some thoughts on Caleb. Uh, And then we're going to look at this passage here to find out, uh, I guess you say, what what made him a great father or how you can be a great father. So uh, first off this morning, I want to begin by saying he was a good example for his children. That's what made him a great father. He was a good example for his children. Now let's look at this passage here. Actually, let's go back to Joshua chapter 13. Uh, I want to take you back here um, a few chapters, Joshua chapter 13. And notice what it says in verse uh, 30 here, Joshua chapter 13. It says here, actually I got in the wrong, wrong passage. I'm going the wrong place here. I apologize. Joshua chapter Okay, I'm getting confused. You've got to forgive me. Joshua 14, that's uh, 15, excuse me. Let's get back to where we want to get started here. Joshua chapter 15. It says here in verse 13, And Caleb the son of Jephunneh gave a part among the children of Judah, according to the commandment of the Lord, to Joshua, even the city of Arba, the father of Anak, which city is Hebron. And Caleb drove thence the three sons of Anak, Shisha, and Ahaman, and Talma, the children of Anak. So, let's start here this morning. And I want to get... Let me get back to the right chapter. Okay, here we go. Let's start here. Let's talk about Caleb here this morning being a good good father. First, he had faith in God. And that's what I want to start with first. Caleb had faith in God. You see, he believed in God's promises is what he believed in. And in this passage here, we're finding what we call the culmination of his faith. See, Caleb was the man with Joshua years previous as a young man. I say young man, he was 40, so I, I can, I'm close enough that I can call him a young man. He was 40. Uh, by the time we get to this passage, he's a lot older. So he was 40, and he was one of the spies that went into the land of Israel to spy out the land. He came back, and him and Joshua said, you know, we can take it. God's given it to us. The other spies said, we can't do this. It's too big. It's too hard. The people there are large. There's too many problems. And unfortunately, the people of Israel listened to the, the doubters instead of listening to Joshua and Caleb. But Caleb was the one who was serious about it. I mean, Joshua was too, but Caleb is the one we find who, who rent his clothes. He became upset because the people didn't go. This man had great faith. He believed that God had promised them the land, so he wanted to go forward. Well, what ended up happening is the Bible tells us that they went into the wilderness for 40 years. And that's where Caleb went too. But 
Caleb continued to trust in God. So, to begin with, here's two thoughts. We've got to have faith in God as we go forward in life. You've got to trust in God. And secondly, you, you, that faith has to continue. You know, I often wondered, uh, you know, the 40 years must have been difficult. I don't believe the 40 years is a time where you would say, yeah, uh, let's go and do this and we'll, we'll enjoy ourselves. Uh, the 40 years was a difficult time for the people. They struggled. It was punishment, basically. And Caleb had to endure that along with the people. And the Bible tells us he did. Well, when he came out of those 40 years, the Bible says his faith was still strong. His body was strong, too, by the way. He says he was still as strong as he was when he was 40. But his mind was sharp and his faith was strong. You see, that time in the wilderness didn't hinder his faith or remove it as far as his faith in God. And he remained faithful during the difficult times of what we call the difficult times of life, the trials uh, and the troubles. Uh, he remained faithful to God. So time didn't change his faithfulness. Forty years he remained faithful to God, and difficulties didn't remove his faith from the Lord. You know, here's some practical thoughts I want to just share with you this morning, dads. Is It's not easy being a dad today. Okay, It's not going to be easy. It's not easy being a parent. It's just not going to be. There's a lot of trials. There's a lot of troubles. There's a lot of things out there you're going to have to deal with. There are a lot of distractions, a lot of temptations, a lot of troubles. But you must go by faith. You've got to trust God. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen the next day. But we know God does. And that's when you trust in the Lord. You see, Caleb's faith continued on. He trusted in God's Word. And I think that's the example that he left his children. You know, in the passage we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, Joshua chapter 15, you know, his daughter acted a lot like him. Right? She wanted something and she asked for it. Just like he wanted something and he asked for it. You see, he left her an example of faith and asking. And that's what he did as far as his example. Now this morning, uh, Dad, you're an example to your children. You're an example to your children. And you can be the best example. By God's grace, you can be the best example possible. Uh, Let me give you a few ways you can show your children uh, a good example. Now, of course, uh, no dad is Superman. Uh, and God doesn't expect us to be Superman. God is, uh, understands our, our limitations. But here's the first one. You can be faithful to God. Be faithful to God. Be faithful to God in your prayer life as a dad. Talk to God. Let your children hear you talk to God. Teach them how to pray. Be example of how to pray. Read your Bible. Let your children see you reading the Bible. Let them know that you have devotions, that you talk to God. Lead family devotions. So those are ways that you can leave an example to your children or be an example to your children so that they can see your faith. And that's an example you can leave. Also, you can be an example in what we would call your God-given responsibilities. Be an example to what God has given you as a, as a dad. As a husband. You know, I was reading recently, John Roseman, the author, he had an article, and it's kind of interesting. He wrote an article on how, you know, we see the problems as far as families, and he says there were several surveys done, and you find, he said, basically, we find what we expected that when there is no dad in the house, that there's problems. A lot of the children, not all of them, but children grow up and they, they have problems. There's no one to teach them, no one to, to lead them. But then he went further in the surveys. He said, we find something he said that surprised a lot of people. And this was written about five years ago. He said, in these we find, in these studies, that when there's a male role model in the house, it didn't affect a whole lot of change. There were still problems with children as they grew up. 
He said, the studies show when there was a husband in the house, someone who made a commitment to marriage, then, he says, the numbers changed. Well, he said this. He goes, all it was, he goes, is the children saw a dad. The children realized there was commitment. There was someone in the home. You know, I think about that. Uh, I'll just use my own dad as an example. I thank the Lord that he made commitments that he made because as a child, I never thought of him not being there. Obviously, he had work that he had to leave and different things like that. But as a child, I think there was that foundation there, that encouragement. You see, that's what you can do as a dad as far as your God-given responsibilities, taking care of those things. And others, you know, you're not a dad here this morning. You have your responsibilities. You can do that as well. But leave a good example for your children to follow. That's the point. Leave a good example for your children to follow. Now let's go back to our passage in John chapter or Joshua chapter 15. He says here uh, in verse 14, And Caleb drove thence the three sons of Anak, Sheshai, Ahaman, and Talmah, the children of Anak. He drove them out. And then he gets to Debir, or Kirjath Sefer. And it says here in verse 16, And Caleb said, He that smiteth Kirjath Sefer, and taketh it to him, will I give Aksa my daughter to wife. So, this is an interesting passage, is it not? I mean, we're, we're going to talk about something interesting here. Uh, you know... Um, my dad didn't choose my wife. I'm grateful that... Uh, now, i got to be careful because my father-in-law put us together. So uh, if he was here, he may stand up and say, Hey, I had something to do with it. I don't know. But uh, I'm grateful for my wife. We live in a different culture, and that's what I want to start with. Uh, I'm going to talk about the fact he guarded his children. Okay? Here's some things here. This passage here, I've read where some said he was a bad person, that he used his daughter as an incentive. I've read that. I've read where some said, Well, he was an okay person. Not necessarily bad, not necessarily good. Then I've read that he was a good person and he did the right thing. And that's where I kind of align with. And I'll share with you why. First, let's understand the culture. Okay, We've got to understand the culture of the, of the day. You know, a father was allowed to give away his daughter to marriage. That's just the way the culture was. And the father was permitted to do this without their consent or input. Obviously, that's not today, okay? So we're not telling you, uh, dads, I'm not telling you go out and do that or you have permission biblical to do that. That was the culture, and that's how they lived, and that's just the way it was. But let me point something out. That's not what he did. That's not what he did. This was not a arranged marriage. He didn't choose the spouse, did he? No, he didn't. Also, it wasn't a forced marriage. Nobody was forced to take the city. They didn't want to marry his daughter. They didn't have to. So it wasn't a forced marriage. What we find, I believe, is we find that Caleb did two things. First, he ensured that his daughter would be received as a wife and not as a servant. Isn't that something? You know, he, she'd be received as a wife. And it even says so in the scriptures. She'd be his wife. You know, back then, part of the problem, and even today in some countries, uh, women are looked down upon. And unfortunately, you can find it in the Israel, some of the kings, they would treat them as servants or slaves. Well, you know what Caleb did? He ensured that that would not happen to his daughter. I think that's a good dad. That's what that is. He guarded his daughter. He guarded her. But secondly, he also ensured that she would marry a worthy man. Now, uh, I have three boys. So I have a daughter. You know, I have a daughter in heaven. Lord, uh, I have one in heaven waiting for me to meet. Uh, But I tell you what, she'd be about the age of this right now. So maybe uh, I'd really be taking this a bit more serious now. But, uh, uh, you know, as far as this passage here, we find a a dad who has a daughter marrying age. And and so now he's looking, and I think we have a dad who's almost testing. You know, we've got to understand there's a lot going on we don't know about. Maybe Othniel liked Oxum. Maybe there was some friendship there. And... He's challenging someone to step up 
and go do what's right. Now think about the three things we find here. I'll give you three thoughts here. Whoever would go conquer this city would first off have to be a man of faith. Uh, this was going to be a difficult task. It would be a man of faith. They'd have to go forward in faith. And only by God's grace would this happen. Okay, so it wasn't something that anyone would say, well, I'm just going to do this. I'll give it a shot. No, this was serious. So someone who would go do this would have to be a person of faith. Secondly, it would have to be someone who I, I would say would be fearless. Fearless. Because th- this was an Anakim fortress is what this was. Uh, it wasn't just a hill where you just march on top and claim it. There was a battle waiting. And so someone would have to be fearless in going forward. And then third, it had to be a man of fortitude because he had to climb the hill in the midst of all the trials and troubles and have to go forward and have to endure and win the battle. Now, men, I don't know if that gives us permission to to do that with your daughters today and and test your future uh, son-in-laws, but that's what he did. And by the way, Othniel turned out to be a pretty good guy. Later, he was a judge in Israel. Not perfect, but he was a good man. You see... What we find here, I think, is he guarded his daughter, made sure that she would marry someone who was worthy, at least what he thought was worthy, and he did his best to ensure that, and that's what happened here. Now, this morning, uh, let me just share this with you. This method, this arrangement is not what we would call promoted, all right? It's just provided. Uh, It's not what we would find and say, oh, this is how we have to arrange marriages today, okay? So that's not the teaching. This is just provided for us to see what was done and what happened and how what we can learn from it. But I want to point something out. We're probably in no position to criticize. Let's say Caleb could transport himself. If God could put Caleb here today, he'd probably look around and say, what in the world is going on in your country? People get married on a whim out in Las Vegas. Chapels are packed all the time. And then he'd probably look and say, really? Uh, You have reality shows where people get married? People get married online? Now, folks, what we find is cultures change. Cultures are different. And we can't look back and criticize what they were doing. That was their culture. We've got to understand that's what took place. God blessed and God worked. But here's the point I want to make to you. I think he guarded his daughter. He made sure that she had someone... That was worthy of marriage. Now, here's some thoughts for you, dads. Guard your children, okay? Guard your children. God has given them to you. They don't belong to the nation or the government. They're yours. God's given them to you. God has blessed you with children. And do your best to guard them. It starts at a young age. Guard them first off from the world because the world's going to try to destroy your children. I tell you right now, we're in a big battle in our country, a spiritual battle. And the world is after children. They're trying to destroy them at a young age, trying to brainwash them and take them into the world. And we have to be on guard for our children. And let's pray. You know, they're trying to destroy the next generation. We've got to reach the next generation for Christ. And we've got to guard our own children in the process. So guard your children from the world. Uh, here's a few thoughts on this. Be careful of what you allow in your home. Now, as a pastor, I'm not going to come around and tell you what to allow in your home. That's between you and the Lord. Just be careful of what comes into your home. I have found that it, the world sneaks in quickly into a home. The devil's active, and he gets into home many different ways. And today, I think because of our technology, which I like technology, I enjoy having a, a phone I can look things up on, I can make calls and text. Uh, but you know, with technology, there are so many ways into our home nowadays that we've got to guard our home. Pay attention to what is on the screens within your home. And make sure there are safeguards put in place. Just protect your children. You know, what amounts to is our children uh, obviously need to be taught the ways of God. 
And they need to be taught the things that are right. And so we just need to protect them. And that's one way you can protect them. Also protect them from people you know that are dangerous. People you know are dangerous. Uh, you know, growing up, there were people my dad just wouldn't let us hang around. And some of them were family, extended family. And he would just say, nope, we, I'll go over there with you at times. He was there, but we weren't allowed to go over to their house by ourselves. At the time, I wondered why, why? You know, I wanted to you know, go do this. I grew up and I understood why. I look back now and I understand why. He was just protecting us from some of the things that were out there. Protect your children from the people that are out there. Uh, I've heard it said this way, you know, um, if you don't raise your children, someone will. Someone's going to teach them. Um, whether it's their friend down the street, a teacher at school, someone's going to teach them. Make sure you're teaching them the ways of God. And you're teaching them what is right, what is wrong. And as a dad, that's our responsibility. As a parent in general, that's your responsibility. So here, here's a, we'll go to this one too because we're talking about this passage here is actually talking about marriage a little bit. So let me mention this to you. You may not choose your spouse or be able to choose the spouse that your son or your daughter marries, but you can teach them what to look for. And that's important. Teach your children what to look for in a spouse. Teach them the importance. Now, if you just think of this passage, how about faith? We start there. It's important that who they marry is someone that loves God, that knows God. That who they choose as a husband or a wife is not only got faith, but is, I'll say, fearless, wants to live for God. And that fortitude is going to continue on. So when you look at this passage, this passage in general, we got three things there we can teach our children and a spouse. Now, there's other things we can look for, obviously. But just teach your children what to look for. And I'm going to throw this in there for children, okay, for anyone here that's younger. You know, if your parents ever say something as far as they're not sure about the person you're dating, quote-unquote, or seeing, listen to them. Listen to them. You know, they can see some things through experience and other things that you may not see or understand. Your parents aren't out to hurt you. They're out to help you. And so listen to them. Pay attention. And I believe the Lord will bless. Caleb here, I believe, loved his daughter and wanted the best for her. And that's what he went about. So I encourage you to do your best to guard your children. Here's the third one. What makes a great father? Someone who is generous to his children. And notice what Caleb did here. We'll go back to Joshua chapter 15. It says here... Uh, we find Joshua 15, it says here in uh, verse 18, It came to pass, as she came unto him, speaking of his daughter, uh, it says here that she moved him, uh, her husband, excuse me, he's talking of her, her husband, this is uh, Oksa talking about Othniel, that she came to pass, as she came unto him in marriage, that she moved him to ask her father a field. She lied off her ass, and Caleb said unto her, What wouldest thou? Who answered, Give me a blessing, uh, for thou hast given me a south land, give me also springs of water, and he gave her the upper springs and the nether springs. So uh, we find here that he was generous uh, with his daughter or to his daughter. And I believe a great father is generous to his children. Generous to his children. Let me give you a few thoughts first. Notice the relationship here. The relationship with his daughter. It must have been a good relationship because she had, I guess you say she was comfortable in asking for this. Now you'll notice what took place is kind of interesting. She wanted her her new husband asked for it, Othniel. She, she went to him and said, ask, ask, how about you ask for this? Uh, we're not given all the conversation that took place, but what it amounted to evidently is that he didn't want to, and he either encouraged her or gave her permission, and she got down and she asked. Uh, you know, I don't know why, but I'll give you a thought. You know, this is his father-in-law who just made him climb a mountain and defeat a city. Uh, maybe he's thinking, you know what, uh, I'm just happy with what I have. I'm not going to ask him anything else. Who knows what he's going to make me do? And so we find he deferred to her. 
instead of asking himself. Uh, and so what she did is she said, okay, I'll ask myself. And she did. Now she got down, which is a sign of respect during that time. She got down. And, and by the way, we should always be respectful to our parents. Always. You know, when you read the, the passages talking about, you know, obeying Exodus 20 verse 12, you know, obeying your, your mom and dad. And then Ephesians 6.2 talks about obedience to parents. You know, it's the only command given of the promise, the guarantee of long life. But you also notice there's no age limit there. It doesn't say, well, until you're 15 or 16 or 18 or 20. Uh, I think as long as your parents are alive, you should respect them and, and be obedient and, and have great regard for them. Love them. They loved you. They cared for you. And so we find her showing respect to Caleb. She gets down and she doesn't demand anything from him. She doesn't say, you have to give me this. I've earned it. I deserve this. Uh, No, she asked. And she was very, first, she was clever. Okay, She did it at the right time. There's nothing wrong with using timing. She did it at the right time, which is when she's leaving the house uh, to go into her new life with her husband. And that's when she said, let's ask him now. Uh, he's probably in a good mood. The marriage had taken place, and he's, he's probably happy. And so he, she asks him, she says, uh, uh, can I have these springs? Now, what we find is this is, a, I think, a practical request. Uh, first, it, it makes it clear she had this land. But back then, I tell you, even today, water's important. Uh, then they needed water. And she probably looked and they probably said, hey, we have, we're going to have to have water on our land. We're going to survive. And so she said, can we have these springs? And you notice what he did? He gave her two. Two of them. Not just one. He gave her two springs. You know, what we find is he was a generous father. A generous father. Now, uh, I'll give you some thoughts on, on the, the generosity of him here. He gave her more than what she asked for. And I think dads often do that. Uh, you know, I look back at my life with my father, and I, there are a lot of things he gave that I didn't know until later in life. The sacrifices he made. Uh, you know, part of being a father is no longer being selfish. Looking out for your family first, and making sure things are fine there. Praise God for the dads who do that, all right? If you've got a dad who does that, thank the Lord every day for your father. Thank the Lord every day for your dad who, do, who either has done that or is doing that today uh, for your family. And so Caleb here, he was willing to, to give away two springs to his daughter and, and be very generous. Uh, first off, this was a gift of grace. Yeah, this is important here. A gift of grace. He, he didn't make her pay for it. He didn't say, well, yeah, you owe me. Or what are you going to do here? He gave it to her. A gift of grace. You know, as dads and as parents, teach your children gifts of grace. Now, also, I mean, I believe in in having children work and teaching them the value of hard work. But also make sure you teach them the importance of grace. You know, God's gift of salvation is by grace. And as a dad at a young age, you can teach children that there are gifts of what we would call grace. That they haven't earned it, but you're giving it to them because you love them. And you care for them. And that's what he did. He gave this to her as a gift of grace. Also, you know what it did too? It fixed the problem. It fixed the problem. I read once recently, a man said, you know, that's what dads are, are... good for that a lot of times is they fix problems. They fix problems. Even if it, you know, little things, they help out. They fix problems in life. And that's what he did here. He helped with a problem. Now, you may not be able to fix all the problems that your children go through, and I think that begins to, to happen as they get older. You know, you can't, as a dad, go fix everything. But you can pray to God that He'll help them with their problems. You can encourage your children to go to God with their problems so they'll seek the Lord 
You see, you always have God there, and God fixes problems. That's what He does. But as a dad, you get an opportunity to help fix problems as far as your children are concerned. Now, this morning, let me wrap this up. Why is this important? Why is it important as far as being a good dad? Why, why is this important? First off, I think it's important because your child needs a dad. Your child needs a dad. Your child needs someone that can lead him and teach him and guide him and bless him. You know... Uh, just spending time with your children is important. Just spending time. It's interesting, uh, the president, late president, the second president of the United States, John Adams, who uh, he had several children. And it's kind of interesting. He traveled a lot, you know, uh, as far as his family. Uh, he had to leave them because he had to go to England for much of his, at the very beginning, of, during the War of Independence and then everything else that took place. He was traveling a lot. Well, he took his oldest son with him on many occasions, John Quincy. Uh, Adams, he took him with him and spent a lot of time with him. When it was interesting, years later it was John Quincy who would become president of the United States. His other sons, whom he didn't have the opportunity or didn't spend much time with, struggled in life. And John Adams would later write in his in his one of his uh, entries in his journal that he believed a lot of that was because he didn't spend time with him, like he did with John Quincy. It's kind of interesting, you know. He he saw as he's looking back in retrospect. Dads, today, spend time with your children. Make sure you, you take the time to spend time with them. You know, it doesn't have to be anything incredibly great. It's just being time there. Just being there with them is an encouragement. And, and just spending time with your children. So I encourage you to do that. And, and that's why it's important because your children need a, a dad. You know, someone also has pointed out that it's a child's first impression of God will a lot of times be based upon their relationship with their dad. Because that's the authority figure that they grow up with, that they know. And their impression of God later as they get older and under, have that understanding, they'll associate with authority. You see, if there is no relationship there, then there's going to be a problem later. And so it's important to have that relationship uh, with your children. This leads me into another illustration. Uh, about 20 years ago, it was 20 years ago, there was a Hallmark store uh, that decided that they were going down to the local prison on Mother's Day, and they went down there and they had cards. This was done 2000, yeah, it was about 20 years ago, 2003 is when it was done. So they went in there, they went down to the local prison, and they took all these cards and they announced it ahead of time. And they told the, the prison, they got permission, they went in there, and uh, basically right before, a few weeks before Mother's Day, they had all these cards and they said, any of the inmates that want to come out, uh, and it was a, a prison for males, they said, anyone who wants to come out uh, is welcome to come out and fill out a card and send it to the mom for free. Well, it was, it was a hit. I mean, the place, people went out, inmates went out there, they filled them out and sent them out. Well, they, after seeing that, they said, we're going to go back for Father's Day. And they ordered all these more cards because they said, you know, we're, this is going to be good. So they went back. Hardly anyone came out to send a card. Only about four or five. Kind of explains something, doesn't it? That's why they didn't have any role model in their life, no leadership, no authority. And they kind of went the direction on their own. That's why your children need a dad. They need someone who will teach them and lead them. Praise the Lord for your dad who did that for you. God's blessed you. And this morning, that's what we find as far as the importance. And let me give you some things to to close here. How about God the Father? Think about this. Isn't God good to us? He fits this too. God is a good example. One, how about God's Word? We can always rely upon His Word. He's good to His Word. And God is good to us. He's good to you. And then the second one... God guards His children. 
Does he not? He guards us today. If you belong to the Lord, he guards you. He'll guard you. He'll guide you. He'll protect you. And then thirdly, God is generous to his children. Generous. I can't help but think of God's grace and mercy at this point in salvation. God is generous to us. Sent his son to die on the cross so we can be saved. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. But he sent his son anyway. And this morning, that's what I want to wrap it up with. You see, God is a good God. He's our Heavenly Father. If you're saved this morning, he's your Heavenly Father. Uh, And he is good to you. He is gracious. You, You can go to God. Just like she went to her dad to ask for things. Because of Christ, you can go to God today. You can go to God the Father. And you can ask him for wisdom, for direction, for help. You see, God is good. God will hear your prayers. God will answer your prayers. And I have found in my life that God often gives a lot more than I've asked for. There are times I haven't asked for something and God gives it to me. You see that song we sang earlier, Count Your Blessings. I have so many blessings in life that I can count. And they're because of God. God is so generous to us. This morning, maybe you want to thank the Lord for your dad. Praise the Lord for your dad. There's no perfect dad out there, but thank the Lord you had a dad in your life. At some point, thank the Lord for your dad. Thank the Lord for your mom this morning. I know it's not Mother's Day, but thank the Lord for your parents in general. Thank the Lord for, if you're a dad, for the opportunity you get to be to be a dad and to raise children. Thank the Lord today for the blessings in your life and the generosity God has given. You know, as far as salvation is concerned, that's a gift of grace. You know, uh, Caleb gave his daughter a gift of grace. Well, God has given each of you a gift of grace, which is salvation. It's not something you've earned. It's something you can have. And to have salvation, you just need to understand that you've sinned against God. There's a reason why you need to be saved. Because there's sin. And when sin's involved, then God is separated from. And once you understand that you're a sinner, then you can receive or turn from that sin, repent, and believe on Jesus Christ. And you can be saved today. And the Bible teaches once you're saved, you're brought into God's family. You have a heavenly Father. And God will be your Heavenly Father, not just for a day or two or a week or a month, but eternally you're brought into His family, into the family of God. So this morning, I hope and pray everyone here is saved. Hope you put your faith in Jesus Christ, because that's the most important. Even on Father's Day, that's the most important thing, making sure that you're right with God. And if you're right with God, praise God. Thank the Lord for the relationship you have with Him. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.